Hey, 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 I am coming to you at the beginning of Holy Week, and if you hear a little bit of disappointment in my voice, it's because I was holding my breath, just so hopeful that we'd be back in the churches by Easter, celebrating the liturgy like normal. But unfortunately, that's not our story. However, I hope today's episode is able to shine light in the darkness, and once it's over, you'll feel confident and equipped to enter fully into this holiest of weeks. Now, Karen May will be joining us for today's conversation as we journey through the four main days of Holy Week, beginning at Holy Thursday and ending on Easter Sunday. Now, while we can participate physically in our church's liturgies, we are still invited to enter into the Lord's life, death, and resurrection with Him. Karen is going to help us make the most of this Holy Week at home by narrowing down what we should be focusing on each day. Now, Karen is the author of Walking Through Holy Week, and she blogs under the title Amazing Graces. Karen and I have gotten to know each other quite well over the past several months, as I've had the pleasure of helping her in her mission, so when it came to our Holy Week podcast, I knew exactly who to call. Now guys, today's episode is full of goodness, so pause, go grab a pen and paper, and we'll get right to it. Hi there, I'm Caroline, a recent college grad and your new personal cheerleader. The She Believe podcast is our time to chat as friends and dig deep into the real stuff. I'm here to let you know someone's in your corner and share truth that will help you become more fully who God has created you to be. Thanks for joining the conversation. You are always welcome. Hi, Karen. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of She Believed. I'm so glad to have you on today. Hey, Caroline, I am so excited to be on this podcast. So Karen, we have a special episode today for everyone listening about how to prepare our hearts and minds for Holy Week. And I think we can all agree this has been an unforgettable Lent in so many ways. (laughs) And I keep seeing all those memes on social media that say, I wasn't planning on giving up this much for Lent. And how real are those? Like, we have been stripped. It's the Lentiest Lent we've ever done. Absolutely. We've just been stripped of so much. Um, And I think in a sense, Lent has really come to us this year and has forced us Mm -hmm. to slow down. And I know for me personally, I have just reaped the benefits and I'm so grateful that it's brought so much more beauty and meaning into the season. Um, And as Mm -hmm. we get started, Karen, I would love to just hear how has your Lent been so far? And I know recently you took a trip to the Holy Land. So how did that trip even change you, um, change the way that you approached this season? Yeah, so I went to the Holy Land in beginning of or end of January, beginning of February. So right before all of this started, and it really did change my approach to Lent because having been in those places where Jesus was, the whole concept of Lent leading to Easter had a whole new meaning. You know, I could see where Jesus had walked from the Last Supper down the hill and up to the Garden of Gethsemane. And I could see that when he was at the Garden of Gethsemane, he was overlooking the temple, knowing that's where he was going. And so putting all of that into perspective, and then knowing that my Lent is preparing me for that journey with him, you know, it really just made it a little more intense anyway. <laughs> and one of the things that I had said that I wanted to do for Lent was to really increase in my gratitude. I need to mm-hmm. tell people thank you more and I need to like just specifically say thank you for this. 
And I was doing pretty well. And then all of this quarantine kind of hit. And what was funny, you know, funny, haha, but <laughs> my daughter was supposed to get married March 28th. And like March 15th, we're like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, everything was shutting down, shutting down, shutting down. And finally, we had to just let that whole thing go and say, we're not going to be able to do it on the 28th. What do we want? And she wanted to get married and she wanted to wear her dress. And then everything else was gravy. You know, it was all bonus. And so in 24 hours, we scheduled the wedding and we did the wedding. And it was with an army of people, you know, all of my children, one went out to all the grocery stores to buy flowers and cake. And another one was, you know, ironing tablecloths that were delivered by a friend. And, you know, somebody came over and did her hair and makeup and somebody came and put flowers on our tables because we were doing the reception at our house. And, And so all of these things happened in 24 hours. And then we were able to celebrate in the church and our community came in the parking lot and stayed in their cars, but stood witness. And my gratitude was enormous. And this Lenten practice that I said I wanted to grow in, I was given this opportunity to grow immeasurably and to see that I had this community, that I had this, this faith in a God who could take this devastation, this loss. I mean, we lost everything. There's no reception. There was nobody at the wedding. There were, there were 10 of us and there was only one groomsman because mm-hmm. no one else could come. You know, We had all of this loss and in the middle of it was this abundance. And to me, that's Lent. It's that understanding of the cross is total loss. And in the middle of it is abundance. Easter is coming. The point of the cross is resurrection and transformation, is the opening of heaven. And so Lent has been hard in some ways, but then it's just been incredible in others. And I think, like you said, if you can have that ability to just look and see what God's doing with you in it, it really is, it can be beautiful. As much as we're losing, this can be beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Karen and I have been working together for a little bit over half a year. And so they live streamed. I don't, I don't think you mentioned that you live streamed the wedding for we all the guests to view. And I was able to participate in the wedding <laughs> in that way. And I was just telling Karen, I was just sobbing during this. Mm-hmm. I have never met her daughter, but I was just like watching the beauty and just the joy that everyone had on their faces in this live stream. And then walking outside and like seeing all these cars of people and honking their horns. They were all honking to say, yes, it's the most annoying sound, but it just never stopped. And we were so happy. (laughs) It's incredible. And it's, it really is just like the most beautiful story for Lent because it does, you explained it right there of just how God can take like those hardest things. And we see Jesus on the cross, like the most suffering and turn it into the most beautiful joy and resurrect that and resurrect Mm -hmm. the things in our lives. And And I kind of, I love that as the basis for today's episode, as we dive into how do we really prepare our hearts and our minds for Lent? How do we make sure that we're getting the most of this time, whether you've failed at your Lenten promises, maybe you (laughs) really just have not hit the mark and being in quarantine threw off your schedules and you're just like, dang, well, I really, really gave up. Or maybe you've done a really great job and you're just like ready to head in. Whatever perspective you're coming from, whatever your story is, like we just want this to be an opportunity for you to hit this refresh button and be able to enter into 
Holy Week in a new position. And so Karen, I'm really excited because you have a book out called Walking Through Holy Week. And so this is something you are well-versed in. Um, you give a lot of talks on um, this topic. And so I'm excited for you to share with our listeners. This is really just going to be a practical episode of how can we dive into the main parts of Holy Week. And so I would love for you to just quickly walk us through what are those four main parts, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday, and maybe pick out one or two main focuses that um, we can all focus on as we journey through that season. Right. Yeah. And I I love the whole week of Holy Week. It's really my favorite time of the year. And one perspective that, you know, kind of I mentioned in the wedding, but that I also got in the Holy Land as I went into the Holy Sepulchre, um, I was bringing prayers and prayer requests with me wherever I went. And in the Holy Sepulchre, I was bringing people who had passed away and bringing people who were dying. And that's who I was going to pray for. And when you walk in, the Holy Sepulchre has the place where Jesus was crucified, the place where he was prepared for burial, and the tomb. And the cross looms large. I mean, it's really large. And that's what I was focusing on as I walked in. And then the priest that I'm walking in with, he just says, this is where the resurrection happened. I'm like, oh, I totally forgot that. <laughs> so easy to focus on the crosses. Like, think it's about so our own easy. lives. Right. And right now in quarantine and all, again, all of this lack, it's so easy to focus on all the things that you're missing and to forget that there's resurrection, that there, this is where the resurrection happens. And so as we're going through Holy Week, keep that focus in mind. But my point in my book and in a lot of what I speak about and what I blog about or what I post on, on social media is that this one, this story is real, but two, it's very personal. So allow yourself to enter into this story. As we go through Holy Week, we walk the same path in the same number of days as Jesus and the disciples did. Mm -hmm. So Palm Sunday happened a week before the resurrection. Holy Thursday happened on Thursday. Good Friday happened on Friday. And then they had to wait for a day because it was the Sabbath. And so the resurrection, we have to wait just like they do. We go home on Friday and we wait. So allow yourself to be part of this story because when you have done that, and I imagined this year, you will be able to do that in a much different way than you ever have before. When you allow yourself to do that, to sit at the Last Supper, to pray in the garden, to stand at the cross, then when you stand at the tomb waiting for it to open, that opening is incredible. It is so amazing because you have been through it and you're going through it. This is practical. It's real. It's now. But then that gives us hope. And that's the whole point for me in walking through Holy Week is that that's how we get there. So Thursday is when we go to the Last Supper with Jesus. And so whether you're doing this online or whether you're doing something at home, that's the focus that you're going to do on that day. This is the Last Supper. This is when Jesus gave us his body and his blood in the Eucharist. And in my book, there, I have a whole bunch of stuff on like why we believe that that's actually his body and blood. Like it's pretty clear <laughs> when you really think about it. And so when you really get that, like, how much are you longing for that Eucharist when we can finally go? Like, can you imagine being able to go on Easter and receive that when we haven't for so long? Yeah, and and that is just such an opportunity and like mind-blowing to think about how 
the most essential part to our faith and to us as Catholics, the Eucharist, like that being taken away during this time, like brings us <gasps> into this even more like it. Right. When would you have ever thought that you would have been able to go to church and receive the Eucharist? Like I never I thought I would see that in my life ever. Never, never. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, that's my prayer is that we can receive Jesus in the Eucharist on Easter. And whenever we are finally able to receive him, that will be an Easter for us. Absolutely. And, and so all of this is building our longing. God loves to answer that longing, that desire for him, whether it is physically in the Eucharist or spiritually in the Eucharist, that desire will be met. And so on on Holy Thursday, that should be the main focus is that last supper, that receiving of the Eucharist. And there are many more, but you know, if you're going to just boil it down, it'd be that. And then of course, good, hold, oh, excuse me, good Friday <laughs> um, with the stations of the cross. It's really walking that path to the crucifixion. And the thing that I really like about that, and I have uh, Stations of the Cross Reflections in my book, Walking Through Holy Week, that these things help us to see that our walks don't have to be perfect. Jesus fell three times. Mm -hmm. So if we fall, it's okay. You know, if Jesus fell, like I feel pretty good <laughs> that I'm having a hard time with this. Like I've, I've had my breakdown with this whole quarantine. And then you get back up because I have a family to take care of or because I've got a job to do or because, you know what, I'm still alive and I need to live. And so I get back up and then he fell again and he fell again. But he had his eye on his destination and his destination was the cross. His destination was giving his life for us. And so if he had the strength to do that for us, I can find the strength to do what I need to do for him. And that's where my focus would be on Good Friday. And then Holy Saturday is my favorite day. So Holy Week is my favorite week of the year, and Holy Saturday is my favorite day of the year. I love Holy Saturday so very much. And I love the services, the liturgy of Holy Saturday, because it can be, if you do all of the readings, it can be three to four hours long. And most people are like, oh gosh, what in the world are we doing for this long? But if you know what's happening, you're starting at the very beginning and you're getting the whole story. Like here's where it started and here's how everything was pointing to Jesus and getting us ready. And I want for us to focus on Holy Saturday in our own lives. Like how has God been getting us ready for right now? Mm. You know, like, like I really feel like I've been prepared with my trip to the Holy Land, with some of the insights that I had, with some of the experiences that I had, I have been prepared for this Lent in a way that I never would have expected. So where has God prepared you and how have you allowed him to prepare you? How have you been open to that? And if you haven't, what can you do to try and do that? You know, so, you know, it's, have I seen that, you know, my prayer life really could be a little bit better because I want God to be part of my life. And so I can be prepared and ready to see him when it's hard. I mean, it, it's, when it's easy to see him, then that helps us when it's hard in those times to say, okay, where are you? And then you start to recognize him. So spend that time on Saturday, kind of remembering how God has been faithful. And then 
go through the readings, go to any online, you know, thing. If you can do the three or four hour one, go for it. If there's, you know, there are a lot of places that do hour and a half because you don't have to do all the readings. <laughs> Give me short form. <laughs> right. But read my book and find out what's happening. You're going to want the three or four hour one. Um, but even this year, if you can't do, because this is also when all of the new people to the church join the can- candidates and catechumens are baptized and receive their communion and confirmation. And so that probably won't happen, which will make the masses a little shorter. But again, this is where we're going. We're going to this opening of the doors, to this opening of heaven, to this reception of Jesus in this glorified way. Um, and so if you can do that, spend that time and receive that gift, receive that grace, um, because it's here. Even in this crazy time, in this time of loss and restriction and quarantine, it's here. There is new life happening all over the place. I've seen it again and again and again already. And I think that's a really good focus for Saturday. That's when all the lights come on and the bells are ringing. Like, let's make that a joyous day. We can find joy in all of this. And then finally on Easter, Saturday night is a vigil mass, just like any Saturday night. And so, you know, you really have Easter. Jesus has risen on Saturday night. But then Sunday is another opportunity to celebrate that. And so continue that celebration. And the one thing I would I would kind of tell you in that, that, you know, one, continue the celebration, celebrate the life, you know, eat the eggs and eat the chocolate bunnies and, <laughs> you know, and just have as much fun as you can to celebrate life and celebrate the life that you have and that you've been given. But then to remember that this is really the beginning. If you go through the readings that are possible for Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday each year, because we have a three-year rotation, there are eight possible readings, and Jesus is only in three of them. So in five readings out of the three-year cycle, they just find the empty tomb and Mass is over. And you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't seem like Easter. (laughs) Where's Jesus? (laughs) Where did he go? (laughs) And so... That really shows us that Easter isn't the end. It is simply the beginning. It is the place that we start. And then Jesus was there for 40 more days. And in 50 days, the Holy Spirit came and sent out all of the apostles. And that's our time to say, okay, what just happened? Where is Jesus? And how am I called? And allowing that Holy Spirit to lead you in those next 50 days. That gets us to June that's forever. The Easter season, it really is so long and we hardly pay attention to it. So use Easter as a as a chance to start that celebration and to really extend it. 50 days of Easter is amazing. And if we can hold on to that, I think our lives will be very different. Wow. Everything there was just so good because you truly walked us through those four days. And like, as you were speaking, I could like visually place myself in those scenarios and just like see the buildup and how even if you were to take just one of those days out so I think Holy Saturday your favorite I think sometimes people just like look look over them they're like oh it's a day of nothing <laughs> like but really like have you were to remove any one of those then the story would not be complete and no. to fully enter in like brings us into the story but I think it also gives us 
perspective of our own lives of how all of these things are happening. And I love that this begins with Holy Thursday because we're given the Eucharist to sustain us through all of this. Like without Christ, we wouldn't be able to walk the road to the cross and fall and get back up. Like it's through him that we're able to persevere just as he did. And I think when we just want to skip immediately to Easter, we we lose the ability to be able to see that like Christ is suffering alongside us. So in our own lives, when we're struggling with something or if we're going through a hard time or even like this time of coronavirus, it's easy to think, okay, where is God? Like he's not here with me. But when we have Mm -hmm. the opportunity to walk alongside him on that road, we're able to Mm -hmm. see, oh, like he's no stranger to the suffering and yeah, falling just as much as we are. And I think that's so comforting in this time. Right. And I think it's very common for us just to want to skip to Easter. I I would love to not carry my cross. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I would love to just skip to Easter. Like, can I just wake me up when this is all done? But we miss so much when we avoid that. And and I had a spiritual director who one time told me as I was dealing with, with just this major suffering and I was talking about, you know, carrying my cross, but really my whole goal was to put the cross down. Mm. And he stopped me and he said, Karen, what if you're supposed to embrace the cross and the blessing is here? And I was oh. like, oh, <laughs> darn not it. what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I know, I know. But as soon as I stopped trying to put it down, I started to see the blessings in it. And there were many, you know, and it wasn't easy. It wasn't that the cross, you know, that my suffering changed as far as the actual physical suffering, but the way that I could handle it and the way that I could walk with it completely changed. And so, yeah, I'd love to get to Easter immediately. I'd love to skip Good Friday, (laughs) but Jesus didn't. And so he's with us when we don't. Yeah. And I, when I was younger, my family used to go do like the stations of the cross at church. And I always dreaded it. It was so long. You always like stand up, sit down, kneel. And I just Uh remember like dreading it. But even this year, as I've done the stations of the cross, like I've really focused on, okay, as Jesus is journeying and like picturing him carrying that cross, like how it allows other people to enter into the story too. And like how beautiful that is. And I love what you just shared about your spiritual director, because when we put the cross down, like it really is taking something away from us and the people in our lives when we're able to embrace that, like that is where we're able to enter in the story and get to the resurrection where if we were to just place it down, like we're missing so much of the story. And so I think that's really important to remember and like have that perspective during Holy Week, especially like, I want to encourage people that I think we're all in the midst of suffering right now in in a unique way. And we have an opportunity Uh to embrace our crosses. And yeah, even regardless of all the other things going on in our lives of how are we inviting other people in? How are we inviting Jesus into this? And how are we going to let him transform us through all of it? Right. And what a gift to be able to do it together. Yeah. You know, because so often, you know, like my suffering is my suffering. Yeah. And so it's hard to find somebody who understands. And here the entire world understands, you know, how much are we connecting over Instagram and, you know, social media and Skype and Zoom <laughs> <laughs> and and being able to do this together and to support each other, to be Simon who helped Jesus with his cross. We can help each other with our crosses. When I have fallen, you're strong enough to stand up. When you fall, I've gotten my strength back and I can help you stand up. 
And so it's this beautiful gift that we've been given. And again, with my whole Lenten thing with gratitude, and I will say I have a couple of Lenten practices, one of which I realized today that like, oh, I totally dropped that. (laughs) We're not all perfect. It's okay. (laughs) I'm doing great on the one, but I'm not perfect at all. (laughs) But being able to have that gratitude that, you know, we have all of these people doing this with us. And so we are not alone, even if we have to stay shelter in place, which is what I'm doing here in Austin. Um, We have this huge community that we have access to. Thank God for the Internet. Like literally thank God for the Internet. (laughs) Like, could you imagine if I keep saying, like, what if this happened like 15 years ago? Like, (laughs) you'd really just be stuck with the people you're with and it'd be so hard. And I think part of what makes it so beautiful is that you're able to see people across the country, like even Karen's in Texas. I'm in Indiana. And yeah, when do we ever like completely unite in something with like everyone, like even across the world? Like what an opportunity. And I think even the perspective of our suffering does seem like so unique to us often. But then when we voice that, like how many other people are also like, yeah, me too. Or the things that we struggle with, people are like me too. And I think this is also a really neat opportunity to see the beauty and what it looks like to enter into suffering together. And I feel like that's a lesson we need to bring in even after all of this is done when we go back and feel like our suffering is our own because it's Mm -hmm. still an opportunity to welcome people in, even if maybe they're not going through the exact same thing we are. Right. Yeah. This should change us. Yeah. And it can change us. And it doesn't mean that that's a bad thing at all. You know, like crucifixion changed Jesus. And when he was resurrected, he still had the marks of the wounds. Mm -hmm. You know, Thomas had to put his finger in his side and and touch the wounds in his hands. So the marks were still there, but they had been completely transformed and changed. And, you know, so we can do that. We may still carry the marks but we can be changed in a way that will transform and resurrect and bring us life. And even what you were saying about Easter not being like the end goal, but it's the beginning. Like I think our situation now too should be the beginning of how we start to live a new life and have a new perspective. And you see so many people on social media talking about that and it's so beautiful, but I just really pray that once it's over that that doesn't leave and people do take that with them and they remember right. the hardships and yeah the glorified wounds I love I love that you brought that up mm-hmm. yeah yeah because that'd be just a neat way to change the world yeah. to really change the world and this is a fantastic opportunity for that absolutely so Karen thank you for sharing all that wisdom I would love just before we end maybe you to give your top three or five tips that you have recommendations as we enter into Holy Week, maybe in just like really practical ways, whether it's what you and your family love to do during this time, or what's just your best tips on how to fully enter in? How to fully enter in. So Palm Sunday um, is really kind of a movie preview. So it gives you a like sneak peek to everything from, you know, entering into the crucifixion. And so I would start there And then just every day, just give yourself some time, even, you know, 10 minutes to half an hour to an hour, whatever you can do. But if you don't feel like you can do that, do 10 minutes, set an alarm so that you don't feel like, you know, you're going to overrun something and miss something or whatever. If you allow yourself 10 minutes and just sit with Jesus that day and ask Jesus, what do you want to show me today? And, and then as Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday come, do that at some point during the day and then participate in some way in those liturgies. 
you know, it will probably be online. Um, and, but find some way to make that present in your home. So you won't have palms, but maybe you've got a stick outside, go get a stick (laughs) and make a cross out of your stick instead of out of the palm. Um, on Friday, you know, set up the stations of the cross around your house or in your backyard and just do those prayers, you know, Saturday, take some time and just sit quietly and wait, and then kind of review maybe your own salvation history and then go into the mass and discover our salvation history. And then Easter celebrate, like make it joyful as much as you can, because just like the wedding of my daughter, you know, we had 10 people in the church and 10 people in our house and it was the most joyful day I've ever had, like ever. And my daughter would say, you know, she said at the end of the night, my dream wedding wouldn't hold a candle to this. Oh. I wouldn't have this any other way. The, the, we're going to do the whole thing in a year for their, their renewal of the vows. And she's like, it's not going to be as good. Oh. So make your Easter like that. Make it special for you because just because we can't get to the church physically doesn't mean Jesus is limited to that space. He can come in. Those are great tips. And I think we really do have an opportunity to experience a new joy this year in a way that we've never been given. And so I yeah, encourage everyone listening to try one or all of the things that Karen just mentioned and use it as an opportunity to, to really just join together with the people that you're with, whether you're with your roommates still at school or you're back with your family, like really use it as an opportunity to come together and enter into the beauty of Holy Week together. I love that. Thank you for sharing all of those. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This has been really fun. Oh, I love it, Karen. It has been the best. So before we go there, one last question. Um, I'd love to ask everyone, what's one promise you believe the Lord has fulfilled in your life? And as all the episodes oh. go on, it's everyone responds with the same response. <laughs> oh, that's so hard. But when I yes. get to it, I it's just been so beautiful to see that throughout the episode, like I feel like I could sometimes answer this question for the people. It may not be the answer they give, but I can see God working in their lives. And it's right. It's just so beautiful that that is how this question has ended up. But I would love for you to answer that. And yeah, what wow. is that one promise that you believe the Lord has fulfilled? So I well, I will say there's so many. There's just so many. But the biggest one when somebody asks me that is the conversion of my husband. Mm-hmm. So when we started dating and got married, he was an atheist. Wow. And we would talk about faith all the time. He was an engineer and never brought up in any kind of faith. Like he didn't even know the Adam and Eve story or like how Mary could be a virgin. He came out of a Christmas mass because he actually came with me and he was like, how can she have a baby if she's a virgin? Like you've got to be kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You got to start at point A. (laughs) That's kind of the whole point, right? So, um, you know, so, and that was the one place that I couldn't share my whole life with him. And I just prayed and prayed and prayed for his conversion. And after 10 years of marriage, the dam broke and he entered in. And he now is like, you know, he's the one saying, well, we need to read a gospel as a family and we need to be praying and we need to get to mass on time and we need to, you know, be involved in this. And so that's completely a promise that God has has answered in my life. Wow, that is a big promise too. And I'm sure so encouraging to the women listening because I think it's easy, especially as faithful women to kind of write off men that don't have the same, you know, level of faith that we do. But that's, it's just encouraging to see that God can work in any way and that we can never, yeah, nothing's ever too far for him to come and 
redeem and like use as a gift to us as well. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. And and it's funny because nobody believes me when they know oh. him that he was ever an atheist. They're like, no, you you can't be, be serious. Like, no, he really was. It's too and, funny. Right. And so it is, it does, it is a source of hope for a lot of people that, you know, God works in just really, really mysterious ways. Dang, he sure does. He sure mysterious does. and wondrous. Yeah. So Karen, if people want to find more about you, if they want to follow along with your family and what you've been doing, where can they find you at? So my name is Karen May, M-A-Y. And so I've put that into my, my Instagram and my names. So it's at Amazing Graces, A-M-A-Y-Z-I-N-G, Graces. And it's AmazingGraces.com, or you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Amazing Graces with Karen May, and um, all of those places. And then on Amazon, you can find my book, uh, Walking Through Holy Week, and my other book, Be Not Afraid. So lots of places to find me. Awesome. Yes, you guys are definitely going to want to check out her stuff. And if you ever need a speaker, she does that as well. So maybe you can have her come and speak at wherever you're at. I'd love to. That'd be a lot of fun. So thank you so much, Caroline. This was great. No, thank you. I I just know our conversation is going to bring a lot of hope and encouragement. And I think more importantly, it's a resource for everyone listening. I know at least for me too, as we head into Holy Week. And so I want to encourage those listening to share this episode with a friend or a family member so they too can get the most out of this season. And that, yeah, maybe you listen to this all together and then decide what it is that you want to do to really enter in. So I just want to encourage you to do that. And also, if you're new, please subscribe and leave a review because I'd love to know what you're thinking of the podcast so far. But thank you for listening and be excited because the next time we talk, we'll all be rejoicing in the Easter season. So enjoy Holy Week and we'll chat again soon. Bye, guys. Mm -hmm.